0: We, uh, we learned that evangelism, well, we know that you should not evangelize everyone by the same method. Jesus Christ in John 2 was different than Jesus Christ in John 4. And so basically the core components of what I believe to be understood in effective Roman Catholic evangelism included three things. It's really built around relationships. We would do four week discovery series in a neighborhood, in a home, and people would invite their friends to come because they've been good neighbors, relationships. Two is we need to understand the mindset, that's my term, of the people we're trying to evangelize. You don't evangelize a Muslim or a Jehovah's Witness the same way you would a lost Roman Catholic. Now, think. <laughs> I have so many interesting stories and my first pastor one of our key guys was how many of you know who John R. Rice was and he's a good guy I'm not, but he would say if I had a friend in the family that was not saved I would go and not leave until they pray the prayer well I think his motives were good but So I'll go with my friend in our church to evangelize a lost Roman Catholic fellow who taught high school in our little community. He was there for a long time, and finally that guy prayed a prayer. Later, that same fellow came to know Christ the Savior and went to Calvary College, Bible College. and He said to me, Larry, I knew that you knew the night you left my home. I wasn't really saved. I just want to get rid of you. So be careful um, uh, uh, in how we approach evangelizing lost Roman Catholics. Also, maybe a surprise to you, we found that it took almost from three months to three years from the time they begin to interact with the Word of God through reading, study, or hearing it taught before they come to faith in Christ. One fellow came to Christ in one of our discovery series. His aunt, uh, he was raised Roman Catholic, uh, Fasulo is a good Italian name. His aunt came to our church to find out what we were about. And she came back back then, we had Sunday morning, Sunday night, was the night? she came three times a week for one year before she understood. So it takes time. Now, in my notes, I have identified what I think are the five most important doctrinal or content issues that we need to deal with when we think about evangelizing lost Roman Catholics. We could talk about marriage and other things, but they are authority, sacramentalism, justification, grace, and faith. By the way, you can ask a question anytime you wish. So... Now, what I've done, I've never done this before, so it may or may not work. I think it will. i have tried to summarize for you in these notes, as briefly as I can, a contrast on page three, the top, of the biblical way of salvation, and starting, and on the bottom of the page, the summary of the Roman Catholic way of salvation. You see those two in contrast. Now, also what I've done, (laughs) if you look at the summary of Roman Catholic Way of Salvation, you'll see numbers in parentheses. Well, that's sort of like footnotes. So if you look over on page four, starting at the bottom of the page, then those numbers refer to those numbers. So if you want, you can find the quotes I'm referring to in the Roman Catholic documents. Got it? Kind of, okay, okay. That's my effort to make it as brief as I can. Uh, There's nothing, the only two things I'll mention in what I have as a biblical way of salvation is it's it's a common, hey, we're good Bible believing fundamentalists, right? I think you would agree. But one point is that we believe the scriptures are a static, non expandable foundation of revelation. There is no other authority beyond Holy Scripture. We struggle always knowing what it says perfectly, but it's non-expandable. There is no other place we go to for authority. And the second point is, I say here, there are no sacraments in the evangelical Bible-believing church in the sense as they are understood by the Roman Catholic Church. Now, some reasonably conservative Protestant church will call the ordinances we say to be sacraments. I think that is a mistake. And people probably don't understand it. So that's a big deal. So I'm gonna talk now about these five key points. And hey, if you really, hey, if you really want to know more about them, matter of fact, you know what I'm gonna do? If you'll promise to at least make an attempt to read I'll give you copies of these books when you leave today it would mean that much to me for you to be able to be increasingly informed Uh, this one's easier to read than this one this one's easier to read okay, authority By, by the way how many of you how many Roman Catholic people do you know Two? A hundred, five hundred.
1: As, as As much as there is in one village in Hacury, uh,
0: everybody... Everyone's Roman Catholic. That's unusual for, for most of us in our... That was true where I lived in New Orleans. They were good neighbors too, by the way. I have a Roman Catholic neighbor that puts my newspaper in my front door. I still read the newspaper. I like the ink on my fingers. But anyway, uh, he says, I'm helping myself get to heaven. Now, <laughs> I'm serious. How many others? How many people do you know? Very many Roman Catholics? Some they have acquaintances that are Catholic, and yeah. I think even within the church, family members of yes. people in the church are Catholic. So. Yeah. yeah, I one of the things um I was having lunch recently with a pastor, of one of the very conservative Baptist Southern Baptist churches in Baton Rouge. And um he read my book. And he said, Larry, if I ever say anything about the Roman Catholics guess in our church, guess who is the happiest about it? The former Roman Catholic. But I have some people who, whose daughter married a Roman Catholic man and believes he must have been a Christian because he mentioned Christ and she has become a Roman Catholic. Those are the people that are still Protestants that are most bothered if I say something about Roman Catholics. And so what we are saying is not popular in all circles. But I'm convinced it's true. I... Because of what they believe, based upon what their authoritative documents say which is what they hear regularly from the priest, without being a pharisaical legalist, I can say, I'm convinced most Roman Catholics do not understand the gospel. Do not. Do not. Now, here are some things that we need to understand to some degree. Authority. They declare the scriptures to be the inspired word of God. Now, you can read later. I won't read there now. Uh, They will say the scriptures are the holy, inspired word of God. However, in addition, they believe that authority is provided through three means. Apostolic succession, tradition, and hermeneutics or interpretation of scripture. Uh, I believe that probably the whole concept of apostolic succession is really key. Because they believe that the bishops, etc., that they ordain have the same authority as did the apostles. So that's huge. The tradition is one I want to focus on for just a moment. So uh, if I've done my work well, on page 3, on page 5, top of the page, is a 3. So that's the references I refer to when I have a three after tradition on page three. Top of page five. Now, by the way, can ask a question anytime? Are you top of page five? The Roman Catholic view is that the Bible is the beginning point for truth that also but also authoritative truth is found in their own traditional practice and beliefs, even when these beliefs and practices disagreeing with Holy Scripture. Here I'm quoting from the catechism. Sacred Scripture is the speech of God as it is put down in writing under the breath of the Holy Spirit, and holy, I say that's what they say tradition, transmits in its entirety the Word of God which has been entrusted to the apostles by Christ the Lord and the Holy Spirit. It transmits it to the successors of the apostles so that, enlightened by the spirit of truth, they may faithfully preserve, expound, and spread it abroad by their preaching. That's from the 1975 Catechism. Uh, 1995 Catechism. Now here's a word out of the uh, documents of Vatican II. Consequently, it's not from Scripture alone that the church draws her certainty about everything which has been revealed. Therefore, both sacred tradition and sacred scripture are to be accepted and venerated with the same sense of devotion and reverence. Sacred tradition and sacred scripture form one deposit of the word of God which is committed to the church. Now, that that whole concept grew increasingly. In the middle of, well, There were always people within the Roman Church, like Martin Luther and others, who didn't quite go along with the majority view. Uh, One of their theologians in the Middle Ages said, "Wow, we're actually saying things that are true that are contrary to Scripture." There was not much honesty. But here's how we're going to resolve the issue: We're going to believe. We say that anything that's become believed by tradition has the sanction of God the Holy Spirit therefore we can say it's true even if it disagrees with scripture. That's their official view of tradition as a part of their authoritative base. It's true. Okay. Uh, Back to page 3 where I'm summarizing their main points under authority. The third one is hermeneutics, or the interpretation of scripture. They believe that their magisterium that means when certain people gather or authorize bishops archbishops and so forth to interpret scripture their interpretation is an infallible interpretation. <laughs> Harry Gilley wouldn't even claim that way, nor would I we do our best but uh, they, they would say that what we say scripture means is what it means even when a pope may quote a verse that talks about uh, Christ having died he may change that sometimes to Christ in the dying but that's held to be true because we say it's true, contrary to what Scripture says. So authority is a big, big issue for them and for us to understand. The next big category, maybe maybe the most important one, is the issue of sacraments. Now, up above, I make the statement under sacraments, under the Bible-based way of salvation, that there are no sacraments in the sense they are understood by the Roman Catholic Church. Therefore, I, I would, I don't know about your churches, I would caution a church, a Protestant church, even an evangelical Protestant church, even a fundamental Protestant church, against using the word sacrament describing the Lord's table elements. Um, the term sacrament Was a term used by Jerome when he translated. Okay, there are various versions of Latin translations of scripture, and like we do today, but anyway, the Pope wanted one official version, so he commissioned Jerome, oh, 480 AD, something like that, to write the approved gate version, okay? The Pope said to him, now be careful. Don't change too many things that people have gotten accustomed to. Blah, blah, blah. So, in his translation, he used the term sacramentum uh, to translate the term musterion or mystery used about five times by Paul in Ephesians. Now we understand that to mean God is now making known that which had previously been unknown. But he picked up the term sacramentum from probably the religious groups around them that were more experiential believing that somehow something mysterious happens when we do certain practices. Some scholars on the biblical text say that the Vulgate is a bastardize, excuse me, translation. But that really has impacted how the Roman Catholic Church sees the sacraments. Now, my summary is, and again I have the uh, notes later if you want to read the expanded notes. They believe they were established by Jesus Christ, and by the way, he never used the term, and there are seven of them. Um, The most notable are baptism and Eucharist. Now, they believe that partaking of the sacraments is required for salvation. You can read the material from my source to find that out. It is understood that as the priest pronounces the right words, the recipient receives the grace benefits signified by the sacrament such as forgiveness of sins and increased righteousness. What that means is, independent of the character of the priest or the faith of the recipient, the priest has the capacity, if he recites the right words, to bring from this deposit from God through them and bring into the recipient some level of righteousness. Bit by bit. By bit um, uh, 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 to illustrate that they're serious about this, a few months ago I happened to run across an Associated Press article entitled. I forget title. It was about a priest, a Roman Catholic priest, I think, in Phoenix, Arizona. had been a priest for maybe two decades and he'd been using the wrong formula when he baptized infants he said we baptize you in the name of the father son holy spirit the vatican concluded that that was not a sufficient baptism Because it's not we, the church, that are baptizing, but I, the designated one of apostolic succession, with the authority to baptize you. Unless we use the right words, we will not pass on to you the beginning of the Christian life as we baptize an infant. And they said, (laughs) they were working at finding all the people he had baptized. To rebaptize them using the right formula. Officially, the system is very serious about the right words spoken by the right person, independent of the recipient's faith, bringing some righteousness into your life. Uh, in, in this book, I uh, have a section where I deal with. Why so many evangelicals, so-called self-professed evangelicals, have come to believe that most Roman Catholics may be saved. And I, one of those, of five, is that, okay, actually, I, we would probably agree with a traditional Roman Catholic on more basic moral values than we agree with liberal Protestants, abortion and so forth, okay, So when you get involved in social action types of things, I know personally Tony Perkins, who heads the uh, Family Research Council in Washington, D.C., from Baton Rouge. I I didn't mean to mention his name recently. Uh, He or someone like him. uh, watched the um, memorial service for the Supreme Court Justice? Was it Samuel Alito? Or the other one that was real conservative. No, 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 no. Oh I'm having one of those aged moments. Anyway, he died about ten years ago. Not a veto. Anyway, one of my favorite Supreme Court justices. All right. So they did the memorial service on television. Scalia. Scalia, okay. All right. Yes, thank you, sir. Uh um and Someone that I know made this statement, and they did not compromise. They did not do public. Uh, they didn't know what was approved by the public. And that's true in a sense, but his son is a priest, and he did the mass. And this person had said the gospel was proclaimed there. But here's what happened: uh, His son held the elements of the Eucharist, which I'll speak about in a moment, and he held up the bread. And he said, we are offering this. i think it's when he held up the cup. did doesn't matter. We are offering this for the sins of Anthony or Antonio Scalia. That's what they believe. And so by offering this element of a sacrament that they have the authority to do, they believe they are bringing into that person's life A measure of righteousness. They're dead serious about that. So that's enough, I think, on sacraments. Uh, Larry, how do you, how do you, you had so much success bringing Catholics along to the Christian faith, evangelical faith. How do you break them free? I mean, what did you do? Okay, okay. Okay, Now you're getting down to the the second part of my book, is on how do you, you evangelize? I okay. Most, most of the people that came to Saving Faith in Christ in New Orleans were people who had some level of commitment to their traditional church. One guy said, after we got married, we decided we were going to raise our kids, so we'll go back to the church we were in. And then he left, he says, I got no satisfaction. But they were seriously trying. But they were not internally at peace or satisfied. Like one lady said, uh, I have three children now. I wish I had no children. I can't solve my sin problem. How am I going to solve my children's? But I had a neighbor who had peace. And I went to the neighbor's home for Bible study. I, it's, it's either they come to understand that they have no certainty of eternal life. They can't in that system. Roman Catholic funerals are sad. The priest will pray, Oh, God, be merciful to so and so. And the people weep. Yeah. So they realize they're serious but not satisfied. They know someone. And they, they have come to have, by the way, since the Vatican II. The three main documents that I refer to i get back. Our Council of Trent, where there are 150 anathemas, let those Protestants go to hell, basically. The Vatican II documents of mid 1990, mid 90s, okay. And then the, the um, 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 uh, 1965 or so, the um, Second Vatican Council, and then the Catechism of 1995. Alright, and so, uh, they, they uh, people will, uh, well, okay, after Vatican II, my point. They have said, it's okay to read the Bible now. Matter of fact, there are some Bible studies being held by certain people within the Roman Catholic Church. We In our church, a lady, who was Sally O'Neill, who was a Dominican nun, who went to a charismatic Catholic Bible study and decided she was hearing about what the Bible said was a different Jesus than she knew. She there were two Jesuses, so she had to make up her mind which one was right. And basically, my next point to you is, they have to come to some sense in which they believe the Bible is the authority. And I believe in evangelizing, you really need to work on that and what are the evidences. Show them where Jesus had brothers and sisters biologically which doesn't fit the immaculate the perpetual virginity of Mary so one is to question, answer your question the, a lot of people who come to know Christ from Roman Catholic background are dissatisfied uh, two is uh, if they're not they by, by the way it's no longer a mortal sin to step into a Protestant church it was theoretically before Vatican II now a lot of them didn't pay any attention to that Uh So there's, at my age, I have so much information I want to communicate. I have to say, Larry Miller stay on track. Uh, One of the purposes of Vatican II, stated in their introduction, is a reunion to remove, to bring back our separated brethren into the fold under the Papa, the Pope. So they did a lot of things to kind of spruce up the outer appearance of the system. You can read the Bible. You could go to a friend's wedding a Protestant church, things like that. So there's a greater uh, openness to the Bible. So I think probably the second thing that's important is to get them into the Scripture some way. Uh, Reading it. Hearing it taught. Studying it. Um...
1: I really have a lot of
0: confidence in the power of the Spirit of God using the Word of God, which is quick and alive and sharper than a two-edged sword, to convince them of truth. So they do need to shift their authority base from tradition to Scripture. Uh, I believe the third thing is that they need to know some people to care for them. Uh, 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 one of the methods that we used quite a bit in New Orleans we called it a discovery series uh, I would go to a home for four weeks and the people would invite neighbors, friends to get coffee and cake and have a good time and then I would let them, they could ask any question they wanted to ask me about the Bible, religion, or spirituality. Now sometimes I have to say I don't know, I'll come back and give you an answer. But eventually I found that almost every question they asked would fit into about one of ten questions. One of those, a lady who was from Lutheran background said, well why did Jesus have to die anyway? So at that point, they're asking good questions so um, one uh, people reasonably serious but not satisfied two is they may know some people that have peace the lady who said she wished she had no kids but realized the lady next door had peace and thirdly they need they need to be exposed to the scriptures but that takes time uh, some sow and some water and god brings the harvest reason I said that evangelizing the Roman Catholic is more like farming than selling, and it takes time. Is that helpful a little bit? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So the bit about sacraments. Now, so they believe they're necessary for salvation. Baptizing the baby starts makes them a Christian. They start their way toward heaven, but then justification. My major point three. They believe that is a process of infusion of righteousness as one participates in the sacraments. The Council of Trent, which is a response to the heretics, let them be anathema, it says 150 times, declares that justification is increased before God through good works. And i give you the source of that statement. Okay? They voted 32 to 5, to reject the view that righteousness is imputed. So when they voted at the Council of Trent, there were five of them that thought righteousness was imputed, like we believe. But 32 said, no, no. Therefore, a practicing Roman Catholic can never know when she or he has enough righteousness to enter heaven. Now, I have uh, some further quotes supporting that over on page 5 of your notes. Just to let you know that you can trust what I have summarized. So now we're down to grace. So they have a different authority base. And by the way, a lot of Roman Catholics are what you call cafeteria Catholics. They have their own views. There was a University of Notre Dame professor who said when the Pope came to New Orleans, 1980s, whenever... He wrote, he said, if I believed about what half of American Roman Catholics believed, I have to say I once was Catholic. They're not going to listen to the Pope when he talks about birth control. So there's all kinds of varieties of opinions. But, I am convinced, based on experience and research, that when it comes to how you might get to heaven, what the priest says is what they most believe. And the priest will give them what the authority Roman Catholic view is. There's men in our church in Baton Rouge, I know his brother who evangelized lots of Roman Catholics in New Orleans, who graduated from Jesuit high school, the elite boys, Roman Catholic, high school in New Orleans. In the senior year, a priest would come around and lecture them and say, don't you believe that Bible, it will confuse you the priest will tell you what to believe. That's the common, common view. And the priest, almost without exception, will give them the official Roman Catholic view. I met one Roman Catholic priest in New Orleans at a pastor's meeting. He'd been witnessed to by an evangelical Presbyterian in a certain part of the town. And I think he was a believer. He said, you know what happens? (laughs) The bishop moves me every year because wherever I go... I preach the gospel that saves. So it does happen within the system. But it's rare. Most priests don't know much about the Bible. And they tell you what the Roman Catholic official system is. Now, grace. To this day, grace is understood officially by them to mean merited favor. One lady told me, I was so happy when I realized that salvation was a gift And not a reward. She believed she was being rewarded for her service. She was meriting salvation. Moved by the Holy Spirit. We can merit the graces needed for the attainment of eternal life. By partaking of the sacraments. Okay. Faith. In the Roman Catholic documents they repeatedly make the point. That grace and faith are not to exclude the concept of merit. They even declare that a person who thinks he can have salvation by non meritorious faith alone is to be accursed. Let him be anathema. The Council of Trent says. As a matter of fact, they have 150 anathemas toward us. Okay. Whew. Now, uh, I have on the next page. Go over quickly to. Then I'm going to stop. Go over to page six. I have some lanyard for you. How many of you know what lanyard means? Well, you are not. You haven't been favored by South Louisiana thinking. Lanyard means something extra, something more. So I have here a little thing that's surprising. Uh, I have a summary of the different meaning of terms. I was training the Campus Crusade for Christ staff at LSU campus here. By the way, at one time there were more Roman Catholic students at LSU than University of Notre Dame. Because so many Louisiana State University students come from South Louisiana. Hey, when I showed up here at the conference, I had my LSU shirt on because they won the Baseball College World Series, but not one person recognized my shirt, so I took it off. Anyway, uh, I was there training the Campus Crusade staff, and I showed them this comparison of term meetings, and one of these, oh, that explains it. I may ask a student, have you received Christ? They say, Yes. They have no interest in discipleship because notice receiving Christ they think means every week at communion so I have here one, two, three, four, five, seven, nine or ten terms that have different meanings as understood by the typical Roman Catholic person versus what we would understand as conservative fundamental evangelicals and it's, really, it's really accurate I can assure you surprising to some degree look down through there and see which one is most surprising to you about the different meanings Change that to 506. Right. Thank you. So, anyway, any of those surprising to you? Any of those different meanings?
1: It's not surprising, but it's more than troubling. It is not surprising, it is troubling. Yeah. Uh, to just read these things. Yeah. For example, the idea of being born again as water as water baptism, baptism yet yeah, they don't believe that when, once you're born again yeah. you can access heaven yeah, yeah. Uh, so you're born again but you're not yeah. a child of God just yet you work your way to it so yeah. it's just a troubling thing to read these things and uh, just caution for carefulness in how I speak and how I feel comfortable about answers mm-hmm. yeah I'm born again yeah I believe so the idea of asking a second question or a third question
0: Uh um, really important after reading this list well was this summation of material helpful to you? yeah hey, I, when I used to go speak to a group of pastors different places from Florida to Wisconsin I had a really good powerpoint presentation the men helped me do and it was really professionally done And I would talk to them for about four, five, six hours. And they were nice, but I was really giving way too much information. And um, I tried to summarize the most essential things for you. And I'm interested in your questions. My summary is, the Roman Catholic official way of salvation has been, continues to be, and is a corrupt, non-saving message to Most practicing Roman Catholics are impacted by that official view because that's what they hear from the priests in different ways. Some begin to read and explore... (laughs) I know a Roman Catholic man in New Orleans who doesn't like the present pope at all. You know, so there are all kinds of varieties. But when it comes to way of salvation, they're still going. To think about it. What is the largest religious organization apart from Muslims on planet Earth? The Roman Catholic Church. If they don't like getting me to heaven, how can anyone else? So that's a rather common view. So they're stuck. Uh, many are not practicing. Only about 20% of professed Roman Catholics are called active, uh, but they're stuck. Many of them sincere. Huh. I, I, my wife and I lead a community group, which we used to call Sunday School. I learned I should call it Sunday School. Anyway, that's another point. We call it community group. And this lady is in her 70s. Her son was in our church. She bought it in red. This is not a promo this entire book and quite frankly some heavy reading in here because it's prepared for that kind of an audience. but through the process she came to know Jesus Christ as Savior smiles with a glow because she now knows she is headed to heaven not purgatory or hell when she dies my friends there are more self-professed Christians on planet Earth that need to be evangelized than there are Muslims. That doesn't mean I'm a overly uh, condemning, proud and fundamentalist alone. Knowing what they believe is important, as you understand the mindset. If different people are to be evangelized. In different ways, what the person believes makes a difference. Uh, Jesus didn't do the same thing in John three he did in John four. So uh, I hope this is helpful. Have any questions? Isn't there still though, just one just
1: one way of evangelism, uh, which is through the proclaiming word of God? Now, wait. Are you, are you saying is there just one way? Yes, I mean, no. ultimately, what it what it all comes down to. Is to expose the person to the authority and the truth of God's word. Yeah. Um, so, there might be different approaches that oh, yeah. be okay. up to that, but what we're going to uh, make things happen is the imperishable seed of the word of God, according to First 1 Peter 1.23, uh, which is going to bring life to the individual. Um, so... Well, well, okay, I,
0: I have somewhere, I think somewhere in my material, I have ways to help them make the transition where they are to consider Scripture. Yes.
1: Okay.
0: And it, there are variety of ways. Maybe you can say, uh, uh, I, I can see you're struggling, want to be a good parent. You know, Scripture talks about how to be a good parent. Um uh, you see the decline in our culture. You know the Bible talks about how we'll be in the last day. Find the questions you can ask them, and it could be a different one for different pe- people. And I have a, in, in, in my material some examples, so, but how to transition from interest to engagement with Scripture is a huge, huge issue. I also have in here how you can demonstrate in my writing uh, how we know the scriptures are authoritative. So. To answer your question, I, I don't I, I don't believe in necessarily a cookie-cutter kind of approach. Relationships, interest, let your light shine, watch for opportunities, and learn how to ask questions that may be challenging to them. For instance, I've said to my Roman Catholic neighbor who Brings my newspaper to my front door most mornings. He says he's working his way to heaven. I'll say, well, John, you know, Penn, that we can know that we have eternal life. Would you like to know that you have eternal life? Wouldn't most serious-minded religious people want to know that? He never took my bait on that. He hasn't bitten. But those kinds of questions and comments, and I don't know what will work with your persons, you know. But uh, I don't think eventually, I, I like what Dr. Kennedy did in the evangelism explosion. Uh, if you face God and, he's, and, and, and he asks you, why should he let you into heaven? How would you answer the question? That's a good question. So get some standard questions at that point and know how to share, by the way, the gospel simply and clearly we can add a lot of theology I like Larry Moyer's bad news, good news, there's a Roman way, there's the evangelical explosion, uh, there's a Roman road, um, but have some way you can share the gospel clearly when they're ready to listen any other question?
1: Larry maybe you could remind me, so you referenced uh, the 95 Catechism and my, my memories broke. I forget more than I ever learned. I, I don't remember what edition I have in my study. I picked it up a Well,
0: well there have been a couple of... There's a 95... Then there's a, okay. Okay. Hardin did a 1975-76. Uh, but uh, this was not necessarily the official catechism that the church wrote as a whole. And so, let me see. what the, uh,
1: the one I refer
0: to... Okay. I have on page four three major documents. Council of Trent, Vatican II, and then the 1995 Catechism.
1: Okay, so so the ninety-five is their current standard.
0: That right. is a standard. Now, I think, if I think I'm not 95, mistaken, the be f- The one that I picked up because
1: um, since they don't, many of them don't know what they believe to be able to have that and show them this is this is official Catholic doctrine.
0: In order to
1: debunk
0: it. You know, I have a copy. Wow. I, I don't have it with me. I have a copy of that. It exists. Okay, you can buy one, and it is their official, post-Vatican II um, approved statement of their views. That's it. Now, I'm surprised. I don't, maybe it's in my box over there. Oh, good question. Now they did one, and then they had some typos. You know how that happened, They do a second edition. But there's no, there, there's no, they're 1995, 1996 editions. Yeah. Well, uh, you're probably about ready to hit the road. I want like to conclude our time in prayer. And um, if you ever have any questions, you can always email me, contact me. I'm in the IFCA system. And by the way, another freebie is several years ago, Les Laquus published an article in Voice that I'd written. It says the longest article they ever published in Voice. I think it will make me feel good. But the article is, Are Certain Versions of Calvinism Harmful? Ooh. And I deal a lot with Augustine and so forth. Here's some copies if you'd like on your way up let's pray to the almighty God who is the giver of truth who listened to the son say it is finished and said it is enough thank you oh God for grace, for faith for the cross thank you that the cross not only paid for our sins but did something to us to enable us to live more victoriously as your children. Thank you for these dear people here today who have interest in this topic. I trust that what has been shared will be helpful and uh, that they will have time to interact for the glory of God, for the benefit of people, for the clarity of gospel presentation. Right now, if they know Catholic people, may your Spirit be working in their hearts to be receptive, take them to their separate homes safely. We thank you for the Good Week of Convention for Dr. Vargas and all the board members that provide guidance to this organization, working with diligence to preserve the doctrines of the faith as recorded and given to us in the inerrant Word of God. In Christ's name we pray, amen. 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 amen.